Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. Heavenly Father, we do thank you and we praise you now for what we're about to hear. We thank you that our ears are anointed to hear what you say. Our hearts are open and ready to receive. We thank you for the power, the seed, and the life of your word. That as it is sown into our heart, it increases our faith. It changes the way we think and enlightens our understanding. So we posture ourselves now to hear, to believe, and to receive what you say. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now let's go to Habakkuk chapter number 3. Habakkuk chapter number 3. Today, I'll begin sharing from the subject, Seasons of Uncertainty. Seasons of Uncertainty. We are definitely facing times of heightened uncertainties. Just the current state of affairs alone in our country contributes to many uncertainties. We see the rise of division, hatred, racism, social injustice, coupled with a wide range of social inequalities. Even with the reality of a known pandemic, social distancing, loss, and grief, along with everything that is associated and has been affected from employment to gatherings for both natural and spiritual purposes, the threat of mental and physical health, domestic strain and marital dysfunction, economics, personal finances, to our expectations of governmental and political leadership has brought about a season of uncertainty. The Apostle Paul, in his writing to his son Timothy, he prophetically speaks to the climate of our day, calling it perilous times, where men are lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, uncontrolled, fear, despisers of those that are good, traitors, reckless, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power that comes with it. Then he concludes in talking to his son by stating ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. We are going through seasons of uncertainty. We're going, we're going through it. Thank God we'll come out, but we're going through seasons of uncertainty. 
over the next few weeks, this subject will serve as our hearing of the word of God. Romans 10 verse 17 gives us the value in hearing God's word. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it is what we hear from God's word. It's hearing from the mouth of God. It's hearing from heaven that generates faith. Faith for receiving from God. Faith for walking with God and faith for pleasing God. Remember, the writer of the Hebrews, of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6, emphatically says, for without faith it is impossible to please God. Thus, the hearing of the word of God is the faith builder for pleasing God. You remember Enoch, he's recorded in the scriptures as having a testimony that he pleased God. That's the testimony that, that we want, a testimony that we pleased God. We must understand that we have faith for the purpose of pleasing God and not faith for the purpose of getting God to please us. We have been given faith to please God. Glory to God. As we approach the text this morning, Habakkuk's story provides great insight into how we can choose joy even when things appear uncertain, when they appear unpromising, and when they appear despairing. Somebody ought to type right now, I choose joy. Just go ahead and put that, I choose joy. Joy is always an option, and I choose joy. Habakkuk, he has real concerns about real issues, and he asks some real questions to a real God. Chapter 1 opens with him posing questions to God. He says, oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or I cry out to you of violence and you will not save. He goes on and he says, why do you show me iniquity, injustice and wrong? And you yourself look upon and tolerate wrongdoing. Or you cause me to see perverseness and trouble. For destruction and violence are before me. And there is strife and contentions arises. If you didn't know any better, you would think that Habakkuk was writing from where we are right now today. He's crying out to God and he's calling out to him with a loud voice from a place of a disturbed heart. And we've all been there. We've all been there where we've been in situations where it looks like God is not doing anything. You may be there right now where, where it looks like God is not 
moving on your behalf, where it looks like things never turn for the good in your life, where it looks like you're never favored, where it looks like all you have is crisis and no celebration, where it looks like everyone else is being blessed except you. It looks like everybody, doors are opening for them, and it looks like all the doors are closing for you, where it looks like you're doing good to others and others keep doing bad to you. We've all been there where it looks like we're praying and we're not getting answers to our prayer, where it looks like we're doing our best to make the kingdom of God first and pursuing the righteousness of God, but yet and still things are not being added to our life. We've all been there, and that's where Habakkuk is this morning. He's praying, but yet he's not getting answers or he's not liking the answers that he's getting from God. We've been there where it looks like the righteous is suffering while the wicked is prospering. We've been there where we confess the word of God and we stand on God's word, but then our situation turns for the worse. We believe God and we do our best to keep him first, but still our needs can go unmet. I'm here to assure you this morning that regardless of your situation, you can find the fullest measure of joy and choose to rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> Glory be to God. Somebody just type, I choose to rejoice. I choose to rejoice. I choose to rejoice. You don't have to like your situation to choose to rejoice. You don't have to be on top of the mountain to choose to rejoice. Matter of fact, to rejoice is my choice. Put that in there. To rejoice is my choice. I choose to rejoice amidst pain. I choose to rejoice amidst the circumstance being unfavorable, amidst discomfort. I choose to rejoice. You have to make up your mind that you're not going to allow your circumstance and your situation to dictate to you and control what your response is going to be. You can make a decision right now that you choose to rejoice. To rejoice is my choice. Now, how is that even possible? For Habakkuk, despite all the uncertainties, and Habakkuk is dealing with a situation and he's dealing with a set of circumstances where everything appears bleak, where things appear to be hopeless. And amidst all the uncertainties, if you go to chapter one, you would see the words that he used. He used words like violence. He used words like wrongdoing. He used words like perverseness. He used words like grievance. He used certain words like iniquity because the situation is bad. But amidst the situation, all the uncertainty, some kind of way he finds certainty and where he finds certainty is in his faith, in his faith. Yes, in his, in his faith is where he finds certainty and that's where you and I are going to find certainty. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know the uncertainties that you are facing, but I know there's certainty in your faith. I don't know the circumstance. I don't know the pain. I don't know the discomfort. I don't know the rejection. I don't know the abandonment. I don't know the abuse. I don't know the turndowns. I don't know the 
setbacks. I don't know the failed business. I don't know the discomfort that you have. But I do know there is certainty in faith. Certainty in faith. And that's where Habakkuk found certainty. He found certainty in his faith. You should be at chapter 3. There are three chapters to Habakkuk. Three chapters to Habakkuk. It's a very short story, but a lot goes on in these three chapters. In chapter 1, the Bible outlines the scripture, the book of Habakkuk. It outlines Habakkuk's actions in chapter 1, in chapter 2, as well as chapter 3. Chapter 1, Habakkuk is worrying. Chapter 1, he's, he, he's worrying. He's, he, he's worrying. And, and, and this may be your chapter, your chapter 1. Maybe you're, you're worrying. Maybe you're, you're, you're anxious. You know the scripture. You know God tells us not to be anxious for anything. We know the text. The Bible tells us in, in Matthew chapter 6, don't worry about anything. We know that. Be careful for nothing. We know the scripture, but maybe you're in chapter 1 where you're, you're worrying. You're worrying. Maybe you're worrying about uh, your home, the security and the stability of your home. Maybe you're worrying about uh, a career opportunity. Maybe you're worried about your job. Maybe you're worried about a child. Maybe you're worried about your relationship. Maybe you're worried about your health. Maybe maybe you're worried about an opportunity. Maybe you're worried about losing clients. Maybe you're worried uh, about a test result. Maybe, I don't know what it is, but maybe you're there. Habakkuk in chapter 1, Habakkuk is worried. He's worrying. He's worrying. Yes, the scripture teaches us that we should not worry. The Bible said worrying is like trying to add to your stature. And we know that's impossible. What is he letting us know? That we get nothing out of worrying. But maybe you're there where you are worrying this morning. He's worrying I'm going to give you three things here while, he, while he's worrying, while he's in this place of worrying. He's, he's worrying, uh, and watch this, he is concerned. He, he, he's concerned. He, he's concerned. That's why he's worried, because he's, he's concerned. He, he's concerned. What is Habakkuk concerned about? Habakkuk is concerned about all the wickedness that he sees in the land. He's, he's worried. He's worried uh, about what he sees, the position and the posture that the people of God, that Judah has taken. He's worried. He's worried about all the things that he's seeing amidst the wicked and all the things that he's seeing amidst the righteous he he's worried because he has he has concern and maybe you have some concerns this morning I don't know what it is but but I believe I'm talking to somebody who has concerns this morning and therefore because of your concern it has brought you to this place where Habakkuk is in your chapter one where you are worrying you're worrying you're worrying Habakkuk uh, he's worrying because he's praying but God's not answering God's, God's not answering. He, he, he's praying, but, but he's not seeing results. He's praying, but he's not seeing any change. He's praying. He's asking God for something. And I submit to you that God is responding, but Habakkuk is missing God's answer because it's not the answer that he's looking for. Who am I talking to right now? You're praying and you think that, that God is not 
answering you. You think God is not moving on your behalf. You think God is not working. And could it be that you're missing the answer because that's not the one that you're looking for? Maybe you're looking for God to do something else, but, but God is doing this. Maybe you're looking for God to answer this way. We don't get, we can go to God and we can petition God and we can pray to God, but we don't get to give God the answer. We can give him the question, but God is the one who comes with the answer. And I'm telling you this morning, you got to be very careful about asking God questions because he may give you an answer that can offend you. And here's where Habakkuk is in the text this morning and in the story this morning. He's in chapter 1, and in chapter 1, he's worrying. He's, he's, he's worrying. He, he has concerns. He has concerns. He sees the violence, and he has concern. He sees the wrongdoing, but he has concern. He sees the injustice, and he has concern. He sees what's going on, but he has Concern. So he's worrying because, number one, he has concern. The second reason he, he's, he's worrying, and, and rightfully so, because he has cause to be concerned. He, he, number one, he has concern. Number two, he has, he has cause to be concerned. He, he has cause because what Habakkuk is trying to figure out is how is it that God is using the wicked. Glory be to God. How is it that God would use the unrighteous? How is it that God, you, you got to understand the text, and, and, and the context is that Judah, the people of God, have been disobedient to God, and because of their disobedience and God, time and time again, God has been trying to get his people to repent and get them to turn around, to get them to go in the right direction, to get them to live according to his standards and according to his word that he's put before them, but they have have been disobedient and so now God is using a wicked Babylonian system that God is using men of wickedness in order to punish the people of God to get them to the place that he wants them to be and that's not what Habakkuk wants God to do he wants God to send Revival. He, want, he wants revival. He wants God to revive Judah. But, but God's not reviving Judah because what God wants out of the deal, God wants Judah to repent. He wants revival, but God wants repentance. He wants revival because revival is something that God does. Revival is something that God sent. But repentance is something that Judah has to do. Maybe you're praying and you're missing the answer because what you want and what God wants don't seem to match what you want and what God wants doesn't seem to line up. You want God to do this, but God wants you to do that. I submit that God is answering your prayer. I submit that God is working. I submit that God is moving, but you may not like the answer that God is providing for you. Let's get in chapter one. So he has calls. He has calls and his cause has given him concerns. That's why he's worried. What's, what's, what's the cause? What's, what's the cause? Watch this now. Because when I give you the cause, it sounds like where we are right now today. The cause. He, 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 there are leaders. There are leaders 
who are not obeying the law. The, the, the cause, this, this is what gives cause to, to his concern that the law was paralyzed and justice did not prevail because it was perverted. We're talking cause. The rich in his context is exploiting the poor and they are escaping the punishment of their own actions and wrongdoing because of bribery and favor with unwicked men, with men who are wicked. And so now they are bribing those who are who are in authority. The law is being ignored and twisted and nobody seems to care. The wicked is ruling and the officials were now in a position to where they were only interested in money. That's what was what was driving them. So he has concerns. He has concerns but I just laid out for you the cause. And maybe you have concerns. Maybe you have concerns. You're not just complaining, but you got legitimate concerns about your marriage because. Maybe you have legitimate concerns about that son of yours because. You have cause for your concern. That's what Habakkuk had. He had cause for his concern. He didn't just reach up out of the sky and just, and just start worrying. He didn't just reach up out of the sky and all of a sudden just got concerned. He had cause for his concern. And maybe you have cause for your concern. You're concerned about your health. You're concerned about your body. And the reason you're concerned is because you have, you have cause. Maybe some things are, are dysfunctional. They're malfunctioning in your physical body. You can tell something is wrong. And so that cause has you concerned. But the bad thing is it's putting you in a place where you're worried. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Maybe you, you're concerned about your job, and the reason you're concerned is because you have cause for your concern. So, number one, while he's worrying in chapter one, he is concerned. Secondly, he has cause. But then thirdly, he receives counsel. That, that's, all, that's all we need is he receives counsel. Who, who counsels him? God counsels him. He receives counsel from God. God assures him that he was working. God, God is letting him know, I'm, I'm working when you don't think I'm working. See, the thing is, you, you didn't know I was working because I'm not on your schedule. You didn't know I was working because I'm not on your time clock. You didn't think I was working because you didn't see me. But I'm telling you, God is working just like God was working then in Habakkuk's day. God is working now in our day. God is working in your situation just because God doesn't consult you every time he comes in, every time he does something. He doesn't send you an email. Every time God does something, he don't text you and let you know that he's doing this. God is not letting you be the one who's responsible for keeping up with him and holding him accountable. God is working. I promise you that God is working. There's never a time where God's not working. God is working even behind the scenes. Even when the lights are out, God is still working. Even when the doors are closed, God is still working. God is working in that situation. You just don't see him working. And he was counseling Habakkuk and letting Habakkuk know that even though you don't see me working, I'm still at work. While you're worrying, I'm working. While you're complaining, I'm working. While you have cause, I'm working. Even with your concern, I'm still working. God is 
working. Somebody need to type it. He, he, he's working. Thank God he's, he's, he's working. He's, he's working. He don't make noise when he work. He just, he just work. He don't have to make an announcement. He just, he just work. God doesn't have to explain himself. He just, he works and he's working even when you don't see him working. He was using, watch this now, he was using, this is what threw Habakkuk off, and this is why Habakkuk missed God working. He was using a godless Babylonian. Oh, my God. He was using, he was using, God was using godless Babylonians, and that's why Habakkuk missed it. And I'm telling you that God is working even if he's using godless Babylonians. He's, he's still working because he's trying to get his people to a certain place. Uh, Babylonians, they, they, they were ruthless. These people that God were using, they were, they were ruthless. They, they were a law unto themselves. That whatever they did, they, that was the law. There was no law other than what they, what they had did. So they were a law unto themselves. They were afraid of nobody. They had no regard for any system. They were reckless. Come on now. They were reckless. Their only purpose was to promote themselves and enslave everybody else. They worshiped the God of power and they depended on their own strength. And God was using them to chasten Judah. Oh my God. God was using them. What is God using? What, what, is, what is God using? What is he using to, to chasten you? What is he using to try to bring you to a place of repentance? What is, he, what is he using? I didn't say he's the doer of it, but God will take anything and he'll use it. Maybe he, he's using your situation because he's trying to get you somewhere. He, he's using, God can use your circumstance to transport you to another place in him. God was using what he was praying against, God was using it for. I'm going to say that again. What he was praying against, God was using it for. And what are you praying against that God is using? That God is using. And you're missing the answer because you don't think it's God. Glory be to God. We're talking about seasons of, of uncertainty. Seasons of un uncertainty. Habakkuk, again, he wants revival. He's praying, Lord, revive us. Lord, send revival. And God is saying, repent. Change. R repent. Turn around. Don't, don't just think you can live how you want to live and do what you want to do. And then just make your request of me like I'm some genie or I'm some Santa Claus just, just beating your every wish and your every demand. God still wants us to live righteous before, before him. And so I declare that God is going to do something, something amazing, something incredible and something unheard of something amazing something incredible something unheard of something amazing something incredible something unheard of because the story doesn't end like this you can rest assured God's gonna get the last word God's gonna do something amazing God's gonna do something incredible God's gonna do something unheard of I'm talking to you now God's gonna do something amazing it ain't gonna end like this God's gonna do something incredible God's gonna do something unheard of God is working on your behalf God 
God is working behind the scene. God is pulling the string. God is the puppet master. And he's going to do something amazing. He's going to do something incredible. He's going to do something unheard of. I know it hurt, but he's going to do something amazing. He's going to do something incredible. He's going to do something unheard of. I know it's uncomfortable, but he's going to do something amazing. He's going to do something incredible. He's going to do something unheard of. Something that your eyes hadn't seen. Something that your ears hadn't heard. Something that hadn't even entered your heart. God's going to do something amazing. God's going to do something incredible. And he's going to do something unheard of. Because that's what he did for Judah. It's not going to end like that. You got to get your faith back. You got to get your, your spiritual faith swagger back. You got to get out of that stupor. You got to get off of your back. And you got to stand in heaven, done all the stand, and set your faith, knowing that God's going to do something amazing, something incredible, and something unheard of. Glory be to God. Chapter 2. Chapter 2. We, we see in chapter 1, he... He's worrying. He, he's worrying. And he's worrying because he got concerns. He, he's worrying because uh, what gives rise to his concerns is, is the cause. But then we see God gives him counsel. And that's what I'm doing this morning. I'm just giving you counsel. I'm just giving you, I'm just giving you the word of God that God knows how to come to us. And he knows how to counsel us. But, but in chapter 2, we see him. He's, he's watching and he's waiting. He's watching and, and waiting. He's watching and, and waiting. Remember, he says in, in, in chapter two, he says, then, then I'm going I'm to stand up on my watch and set me up on the tower. And, and I'm just going to see what he's going to say. I, I'm, I'm, he's heard my complaint. He, he, he's heard my concerns. He, he's heard my calls. And, and that's why he gave me his counsel. But, but in chapter two now, what I'm going to do, I'm just, I'm not going to leave God. I'm not going to walk out on God. I'm not going to abandon God. I'm not going to walk away from the things of God. I'm not going to turn my back on God. He's never turned his back on me. I, I just, I just have concerns. I just, I just have calls. And, 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 but now you've given me your counsel. So what I'm going to do, I'm not going to rush you, God. I'm not going, I'm not going to press you, God. I'm not going to put pressure on you, God. I'm not going to tell you I need an answer by tomorrow. I'm not going to tell you I need you to move by next week. I'm not going don't press you. I'm just going to set on my watch. Glory be to God. Oh, Jesus. I'm just going to set on my watch. And I'm just going to watch to see. I'm going I'm to I'm stand up on the watch and I'm going to set me up on the tower. And I'm just going to watch to see what, you, what you're going to say. I know you got something to something to say. I know you have something to minister to me about. I know, I know you got a word for me. So I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to pressure you, God. I don't, I don't like where I am, but I'm not going, I'm not going to pressure you. I'm just, I'm going to stand on my watch. I'm going to get out of the valley and I'm coming up to the tower. I'm going, I'm going to stand on my watch and I'm just going, I'm going to wait to see what you going to say to me. Glory be to God. Oh, Jesus. Ah. He says, I, oh, Jesus. He says, I'm going to stand up on my watch. Mm. Oh, Jesus. And I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to sit right here. And I'm going to watch to see what you're going to say. You, you've heard me. You, you've heard me. I didn't, I didn't inform you. Because you already knew, but you, you heard me. You, you, you heard me. You, you heard me. Now, I'm going 
I'm going to stand right here and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just watch to see what you're going what you gonna to say. I got to give it to you in a nutshell. I got to get out of here. But, but, but here's, what he, here's what he told him. Three, three things he told him. He, he says, number one, I, I want you to write the vision. I want you to write the vision. Start writing. You're doing a lot of talking, but you ain't writing nothing, right? You should write. Make, make it clear. Make, I want you to write the vision. Write the vision and make it plain because I'm working, because I'm moving. I, I have you in mind. Jesus, I want you to write the vision. The second thing, he tells him, uh, this is starting in, in verse 5 down to verse number 11. He tells him, I need you to trust my word. <laughs> I need you to trust my word. I need you to trust my word that I, I do supply all your needs according to, to my riches in glory by my son, Christ Jesus. I need you to trust my word that I, I will keep you in perfect peace. If you keep your mind stayed on me and because you... You trust in me if you, if you, if you trust in me and don't lean to your own understanding, but acknowledge me in all your ways, I, I will, I will direct your path. I will, I'll direct your path. I need you to trust my word. Write the vision. Trust my word. But, but the last thing he tells him, I need you to declare my judgment. I need you to declare my judgment because all that stuff you told me earlier in, in chapter one, or everything you said in chapter one when you were worrying and when you were, when you were laying out your concern, your cause, and, and, and right before I gave you count, all that stuff you said, I, I want you to declare my judgment because I'm, I'm going I'm to turn it around. I'm going I'm to turn it around. I'm here to help somebody this morning. He's going to turn it around. I, I tell you, he's going he's gonna to turn it around. It's not, it's not going to end like it is. It's, he's going to turn it around. I, I know you don't like it, but he's going he's gonna to turn it around. And, and maybe it's tough for you right now, but he's going to turn it around. You, you don't see how, but that's not your business. Your business is to put faith in him. Your business is to trust him. Your business is to lean on him. He's going to turn it around. He said... I need you to write the vision. I need you to trust my word. I need you to declare my judgment. In other words, God was letting him say, God was saying to him, I got the last word. The situation doesn't have the last word. I need you to declare my judgment. And God ended up dealing with those Babylonians because of what they did to the people of God. You got to declare his judgment. Declare his judgment. And that's when he realized the just shall live by faith. That's what he told him. He said the just shall live, shall live by faith. When he told him to write the vision, trust the word, declare his just, he said the just, the just live by faith. You, you, you going by what you see. You, you going by what it looked like. You, you going by what the news tell you. You going by the media. You, you going by what everybody else is saying. The just shall live by faith. That's what I'm trying to get you to do this morning is, is live by faith. Don't live by your circumstance. Don't live by your situation. Don't live by your emotions. Live by faith in God. 
So much so that this, this, this particular, this, this, this verse of, it's in verse four of living by faith. We, we see the same thing three times in the New Testament. In, in Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. In Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. In Hebrews 10.38, the just shall live by faith. What am I saying to you? That he's been trying to get us to live by faith ever since the days of Habakkuk when he was dealing with uncertainty. I know you're dealing with uncertainties. We all have uncertainties. And I know that there's been a lot of highlight on the uncertainties right now. But you got to live by faith. Number three. And I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Chapter three. Chapter three. Remember chapter one. He's worrying. Chapter two. He's watching and waiting. Here it is. Chapter three. He's worshiping. He's worshiping. He's, he, he's worshiping. He, he's worshiping. He's worshiping. That's why he's trying to get us, get us to a point. Why, why, why worship? Because worship takes your focus off everything around you. Worship takes your focus off the situation. Worship takes your attention off the pain. Worship, you, you can't worship him without focusing on him. You can't worship him without seeing him. You, you can't worship him without just honoring him, without just adoring him. So, so he, he's gone now. He's gone from, from, from worrying, to, from, from, from watching and waiting to, to now he's, he, he's worshiping. And, and I got to end with this. As, he, as he's worshiping, three things happen when he worshiped. Number one, God came in splendor. God came in splendor. Number two, God stood in power. And number three, God marched in victory. And I'm telling you, if you would worship him right there where you are, you don't need music. You can worship him right there. You can worship him right now. You got to get your eye off the situation. You got to get your eye off the circumstance. You got to get your eye off what's happening with the kids right now. You, you got to block out everything else. You got to put blinders on right now. You just got to forget about it. You can't, you can't give that your focus. You can't give that your attention. You just got to focus on him. You just got to worship right now. You got to honor him right now. You got to adore him right now. You got to lift him right now. You got to focus on him right now. You got to make him the center of attraction. You got to make him the most important thing right now. You got to make him bigger than anything else that's going on in your life. Not that that stuff that's happening in your life is not real, but I'm telling you about somebody who's bigger than that situation, who's bigger than that circumstance, who's bigger than that discomfort, who's bigger than that pain. And you got to worship him. You got to focus your attention on him. You got to still worship him and let him know there's nobody else like you and let him know he's still the best thing that has ever happened to you even when it looked like the worst things are happening to you. God is still the best thing that happened to you. So he deserves your worship. We worship you, Father. We honor you, Father. We adore you, Father. We magnify you. There's nobody like you. None can compare to your matchless worth. You stand alone. You are a holy God. You are a faithful God. You are the covenant keeping God. You're a God who cares. You're a God who perfects all that concerns us. And I worship you right now. I pour my love out on you right now. I worship you, Father. I worship you, Father. I worship you, Father. Thank you for being who you are in my life. Even when things are bad, you're still good. Even when it's painful, you're still the pleasure of my life. And I worship you right now. I worship you, Father. I bless your name. I honor you, Father. I worship you. And I adore you, Father. There is none.
We can search all over. But we can't find anyone like you, Father. Thank you for being our strength. Thank you for being our comfort. Thank you for carrying us through situations. Thank you for not leaving us. Thank you for not abandoning us. Thank you for giving us strength, for giving us peace, for giving us comfort. We thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, we wouldn't replace you for anything else. Not for diamonds, not for riches, not for fame, not for fortune, not for access, not for an open door, not for an opportunity, not for notoriety, not for popularity. You're it, God. You're it, God. You're, you're it, God. You're it. You're it, God. You're it, Father. And thank you for loving us unconditionally. In Jesus' name, Father. Oh, bless your name, Father. Bless your name, Father. Bless your name today, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your name right now, Father. I lift my holy hands to you. For you're the one that give meaning to our lives and to my life. I'm nothing without you. I'm lost without you. I can't make it without you. I can't live without you. I can't breathe without you. I can't do anything without you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for being there for me. Thank you for showing up for me. And I give you the honor and the glory that you deserve. Thank you, Father. Oh, bless your name, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, bless your name, Father. Oh, I bless you and I praise you. Thank you, Father. You're here this this morning. You're watching. And maybe you've been worried. Maybe you had some concerns and you, your concerns are real. And, and you got cause for those concerns. But I believe God's counseling us right now. He's counseling us right now. Giving us, giving us assurance that all shall be well. And all we got to do is Declare his judgment. It's not going to end like this. God does perfect all that concerns you. And I want you to just receive, receive rest right now. Just, re, just receive rest. Because when, when Habakkuk began to worship God, his situation didn't change. His, when he began to worship God, Nothing changed on the outside. The change happens on the inside.
I just got to change my focus. I need to shift my focus instead of looking at everything that's, that's wrong, everything that's, that's going on. God got this. God's got this. I want you to type that. I want you to type it just like that. God's got this. God's got this. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're dealing with, but God's got this. God's got this. God's got it. And he has you. And he has your family. He has that daughter you're praying about. He has that son you're concerned about. He has your career. He got the job. God's got this. He's got it. And if you know he got it, you know he has it, I want you to give him some praise now. I want you to give him some glory. I want you to, I want you to bless him because he's got this. Why are you worrying about that? God's got that. God's got that. Come on, praise him right now. Bless him right now. Come on, magnify him right now. Lift him up right now because God's got this. God's got this. And if you know he got it, you ought to give him some undignified praise. You ought to bless his name right there in that house, right there in that room, right there in that office, right there in that hotel room. You ought to give him the praise that he deserves because God's got this. God's got it. God's got it. God's got it. Glory be to God. Wow. What an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.